Before we get started today, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you looking to find more freedom and flexibility in your life with type 1 diabetes? Are you looking to increase your confidence and decrease your stress? If so, I want to invite you to join the Diabetes Psychologist membership. When you join, you'll get weekly sessions with me where we'll have master classes, diabetes and mental health question and answer sessions, and hot seat coaching sessions. You'll also get monthly behavioral challenges, a comprehensive resource library, and a private Facebook community. To learn more, go to thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash membership. That's thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash membership. And I can't wait for you to become a part of the Diabetes Psychologist membership community. And now, on to this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. I went to school for photojournalism, and we told a lot of stories with our photos. And when I came home, the school was in Germany, and when I came home, I had no idea how I wanted to mix photography with the rest of my life, but I knew I wanted it to be a part of it. And I had met a a woman who had a four-year-old son who was just diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and she told me... I can only show him statistics on a computer so many times of how many other people have type one because he feels so alone and cries himself to sleep and feels so isolated. And I was like, this is it. This is my thing. I can take photos. So this boy and other people like him have faces to look at instead of numbers. It just makes it so much more real. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. And I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. The type 1 diabetes community has so many faces. We come from diverse backgrounds, all different areas of the country and the world, and each one of us has our own story. Each one of us has our own face as well, and that's why this episode of the podcast is so important. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Laura Pavlakovich. Laura is the founder of You're Just My Type, a nonprofit organization that focuses on creating lasting community around type 1 diabetes, both in person, but also online and social media using photography. Laura is a photographer who has built a community around photos of people with type 1 diabetes, making an invisible condition visible, and building community in the process. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Laura. Laura, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Before we get started, I want to hear about your diabetes story. When you're diagnosed, how you're diagnosed, and what's life been like since your diagnosis? This is great timing for this question because I got off the phone with my mom this morning, and she was going over my diagnosis story. But I was around five years old, just before kindergarten, 
And they didn't know anyone that had had type one diabetes before. But my mom said, she said the story that stands out the most, one of my symptoms, she said, I was so thirsty all the time. And that I was this like little tiny, almost five-year-old girl. And I chugged this giant bottle of water. And then she said, I slammed it on the table. And I said, I want more. And she was like, I knew something was wrong. She was like, it was like a demon had possessed you. You were so thirsty. I couldn't do anything to fix it. And she told me I got really weak. I couldn't walk to school anymore. I was wetting the bed, just going to the bathroom all the time. And she was like, something is absolutely wrong with you. So she took me to my pediatrician who had also never dealt with a type one diabetic. And I know ever we were in Hermosa beach. I don't know. I don't know if that has to do with that. It was like such a small town then, but she made me do a fasting glucose. And my mom said it was the most torturous thing of her life. Cause it was like 12 hours of me begging for water and she couldn't give it to me. So I came back, they tested my blood sugar and she, the doctor didn't know what to do. So she called around and she came out and said, there's a team of specialists waiting for you at children's hospital, go straight there. And that was that. (laughs) When you were five years old. When I was five. Yeah. About to turn five. So I don't remember anything else. I think that so many of my listeners can appreciate that story. (laughs) I know that I can, because that thirst that you feel when when you have no idea what's going on, it's something that's indescribable. You cannot describe it. You can describe it, but like no one, unless you've experienced it, can understand it. Right. Which is what happens normally. Yeah. And I had never heard that story. She was like, a demon was inside of your body. You like slam that bottle down. You're like, give me more water. Yeah. I know so many people who they're so thirsty. And so what do they drink? Lemonade, Gatorade, Gatorade, orange juice. I've yes. I've heard of parents thinking their kids had the flu. So they gave them orange juice and like seven up to fix them, which just made them even worse. I remember when I was sick, when I, before I was diagnosed, when I was 21, I went to the store and bought a big jug of lemonade and I just, oh I, I pounded it. And I mean, I can't imagine how much of an impact that had my blood sugar. Exactly. Was- I do wonder what people's blood sugars are before <laughs> they drink all that sugary stuff and then go get checked. Yeah. I'm sure it happens all the time. So now that you're older than five and you're, you're yes. now an adult. So tell me about what's going on now for you and about your organization. You're just my type. So this actually, I think originates from when I was diagnosed too, because my mom started a support group for kids in the South Bay where I'm from called the South Bay hot shots. And she said we would meet like every month to every three months. And I think it was instilled in me at such a young age and how important support is. So you're just my type actually started as like a passion project back in 2016. And it's only mission was to photograph type one diabetics from as many places as I could and just put a face to this invisible disease. It was like my goal to make sure we were faces and not numbers. And that's all it was. It was like this photography blog. And then it kind of blew up and people from all over wanted to get featured. And so I would go to new cities and I figured it was easier to host meetups in these cities to photograph as many people as possible. And it turned into this really cool community. And it wasn't until this past year, actually, that we decided to fully focus on hosting mental health events for type 1 diabetics of different age brackets. So tell me about these meetups that you would have. You would advertise a meetup and go there and then take pictures of folks and then do what with the pictures? So everyone I would photograph, they would fill out a form with their personal story. And then I would like, so I would do like a meetup in Austin, Texas and take photos of like all 40 people that showed up. And then I would come home and have like the Austin era 
and post everyone's portraits and their stories would go underneath their portraits. On your website? On the website and on the Instagram account. And Facebook too, I guess all across the social media channels. And what sort of response did you get to those meetups as well as the photos that you posted? Um, They became very popular very quickly. A lot of people in other states were like, come do one here. Why can't you do one here? I think it became, I think before those, I'm going to keep bringing up community because it's this disease you can't do alone. And I think once people got like a glimpse and a taste of what it was like being around so many other type one diabetic diabetics, it becomes a bit addicting. And so the, the meetups were really popular. I even went international and did a meetup in Paris and a meetup in Slovenia. And I just posted on my page that I would be there. And so many people showed up to each one. Wow. It was wild. And you took these pictures. What was the goal of the photos? I went to school for photojournalism and we told a lot of stories with our photos. And when I came home, the school was in Germany. And when I came home, I had no idea how I wanted to mix photography with the rest of my life, but I knew I wanted it to be a part of it. And I had met a a woman who had a four-year-old son who was just diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And she told me, I can only show him statistics on a computer so many times of how many other people have type one because he feels so alone and cries himself to sleep and feels so isolated. And I was like, this is it. This is my thing. I can take photos. So this boy and other people like him have faces to look at instead of numbers. It just makes it so much more real. Yeah. It makes him feel so much less alone. Exactly. And being able to photograph people from all over and asking them the same questions in these forms and surveys just really shows how united we all are, no matter where we are in the world. What question did you ask? The questions were, what is a piece of advice you would give another type one diabetic? Um, Is there anything you thought that you wouldn't be able to do that you can do now? Now that um, during the pandemic, we've sent out a different survey to them. So it's like, how has it been having a chronic condition being in a global pandemic. Um, I, now I'm asking what people's mental health tips are and what gets them through the day. What sort of impact have you seen personally, as well as what sort of feedback have you gotten from the community about the mental health impact that you've had on your Instagram account, on your website, and by taking these photos? Well, the comments that I love to receive the most are, Oh my gosh, I have no I had no idea someone else has been through this before if someone mentioned having a specific experience. And I think we're all I think anyone in the world just wants to feel that they're not alone. And you put a chronic condition onto that and you're going to feel even more isolated no matter what. But when you're reading these stories and seeing these people who look like you or live in the same city that you are, I just that feeling of community I think is so vital to all of our mental health. And pictures are such a powerful way to show that, to show you're not alone, to show that there are people who look like you and who you can identify with and who go through the same struggles as you do. Exactly. We're always told that this is an invisible disease. And so it's like, let's make this less invisible by putting our faces to it. What's been most surprising? I don't think this has been the most, this has been the most like shocking, I would say but I'm not surprised, but it's everyone's willingness to help each other. Anytime I post about someone being in a situation that they're in need of supplies or just need advice, like the community jumps at them with support. And I don't expect anything less, but 
I think it's just really cool to have witnessed that happen through my platform as well is people's willingness and like pretty much we would do anything for each other. And it's really cool to be on that side where I can see it happening. When we talked recently, you told me that you're just my type is expanding to do new things. Yes. Moving from an Instagram account and a website to hosting retreats and more. So we just did our first one this past September, and it was a mental health retreat for young girls with type one diabetes ages 12 to 17. And I had a mental health, I had mental health professionals, all female, and we had breakout sessions. So we had a female social worker, behavioral therapist, nutritionist, yoga instructor, and we did a cooking class with the girls. And it was just very specific. We just wanted to talk about mental health topics and give them a safe space it was really amazing and powerful. And when we did that, my plan was always just to focus on young girls because that was what I knew best. So we did the first one and it was such a success that everyone started reaching out saying like, well, we need one too. Like the adults need one too. The boys need one too. And I listened. And so our next one is March 26th and I'm going to do one for young adults or just adults with type one in LA. And we're going to have breakout sessions as well. Have a type one therapist there. Um, again, just creating a safe space for people to feel like they can vent and talk to each other about these topics is really important to me. And then we have a boys one coming up too in June. So I'm just trying to cover all the bases. Now it is a difference. Like I like to call these more than a meetup because the meetups, you just go and mingle and hang out, but these are very mental health forward, very specific topics that we're going to be covering. So if someone comes to the event that you're having in March, what will it look like? What will they experience? Well, I can't give too much away, but (laughs) we're going to have, there's going to be plenty of time for everyone to get to know each other. And hopefully people will be seeing each other. It's been a few years because the LA community is really nice out here, Um, but we're going to have designated breakout groups and a mental health professional there to kind of lead some sessions for all of us. That's all I'm willing to say. Okay. We have some fun things happening. (laughs) And if you want to hear more, you have to go to the event and find exactly. out. Exactly. March 26th. After you host these retreats this year, what's next? What's next is I want to make these events as consistent as possible. So my goal is to make events that are very accessible and inclusive. And the dream is to have basically just cons- just as many events as possible during the year, but I want them at set time. So if you miss one, you can go to the next one. If you miss that one, there's another one coming up. So basically we're going to try and do one for adults, one for girls, and one for ki- one for boys all throughout the year. Only in the LA area? In the LA area for now, I would love to expand. That's also a topic I've been talking about with people. I would love to have it as many places as possible, but for now it's going to start in LA. And you plan on doing all these things in person or any virtual events? In person, maybe some virtual ones in the future. It's just, I think it just makes all the difference. Well, it's interesting you say that. I agree. But it's interesting you say that because your platform up until now has really been (laughs) virtual and been, you know, pictures that people can access anywhere in the world. Which I think is cool that we're going to have that balance because I'm going to continue to do that. But we start, I started doing um, consistent meetups in LA a few years ago too with a good friend, Jen Bartels, and those were monthly. And it was just, it's just, they're life-changing every time. We would always be nervous about having one and everyone would show up and it would go so smoothly. And I think that kind of showed me how powerful meeting in person can be. So that part is really important to me. Yeah. And for any of my listeners who are worried about meeting up in person, 
and worried. I always have this vision in my mind of having these meetups where you're in the basement of a hospital with no windows and everyone's mm-hmm. sitting around a table talking about their A1C and how to ca- how to count carbs and all these really boring things. And the reality is, is when you go to these things, it's nothing like that at all. Diabetes, no. is, diabetes is there, but diabetes is just in the background. You're talking about your weekend, you're talking about your summer plan, talking about your work. And when your CGM alarm goes off, people just give you a knowing glance and they don't ask questions. <laughs> they, they know what's going on. In uh, fact, everyone the- checks their phone at the same time to see if it was them that right. was leaving. Nothing to explain. And so I think people have a fear that going to these events, they're going to have to talk about diabetes all the time. And it's actually quite the opposite. Right. It's like being there. It's like diabetes is understood exactly how you described it. Like it's in the background. It doesn't have to be the number one topic. That's why with these new events, it's like we're talking about anxiety and burnout and we're just covering a lot of topics. But yeah, meetups are fun. I can understand why people would be anxious to go as well. But it's instant family. Even if you don't know anyone, the feeling you get when you start talking to another type one diabetic, they really do just become instant family and friends. The connection is so fast and so powerful. So you said before that you asked people a couple of different questions pre-pandemic on your survey. So I'm going to ask you the questions that you ask everybody who fills out your survey so okay. that people can get to know you a little bit. Here we so go. What is, one pe- what is one piece of advice that you would give someone who is just diagnosed with type 1 diabetes? So I've said this throughout the episode, but fine, even if it's just one person who has type 1 diabetes, find that one person because having someone that you can talk to that understands exactly what you're going through makes the world of a difference. Find your little community for sure. And what is the best diabetes hack that you can share? I've learned a lot from doing these surveys and reading all of the answers. I've learned a lot of good diabetes hacks. Honestly, my favorite one is that type one diabetics can get a lifetime, a free lifetime national parks pass at the national parks of America. And that blew my mind. And you have to just ask your doctor and they sign a form that you can find on their website and get free national parks pass for life. That one. And one that I use often is that. We can pre-board airplanes if you need to. And again, I don't take, I mean, it's up to your discretion if you want to do it, but I always get nervous that my bag is going to have to go somewhere far away from me. And that's one that I do use often. You just get on the plane. They don't ask questions, but I didn't know that we could do that. And that was, that was a life-changing airport hack for me, for sure. That's great advice. And then what's it been like having a chronic condition during a little pandemic? Um, I, yeah, that's a good question too. I think it's been interesting being around people who suddenly started caring about their health for the first time in a way that I've always been. So suddenly people were scared to go places or do things because they were nervous they were going to get sick. And I'm like, this is my life every single day. And it was kind of like a wake up call to a lot of people. But, and you know, it's hard too. when in the beginning people were saying, well, you're fine. Only people with chronic illnesses will have bad symptoms. And I'm like, that's me. Like people weren't understanding that when they were saying that around me, they were talking about me. Yeah. It's an invisible disease. Exactly. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. They're like, well, it's only the elderly and the sick. And I'm like, no, I'm sick (laughs) just because you can't see it. Yeah. That was a big one. Laura, how can people find you and get a hold of you and see your Instagram and find out about the retreats? Yes. The Instagram account is at your just my type one. Um, we post everything on that page. We announce the events weekly. There's a website, you're just my type.com where we also have upcoming events page and on Facebook as well. You're just my type. 
Awesome. Well, Laura, thank you so much for all that you do. And thank you for joining me today. It's been a great conversation. And I hope that my listeners have enjoyed it and that they can join you either on Instagram or possibly in person um, at your events in Los Angeles. Yes, I hope so. Thank you so much. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. If you live with type 1 diabetes and you want additional support in helping you manage stressive diabetes, as well as a way to build community, I want to invite you to join the Diabetes Psychologist Membership Program. The Diabetes Psychologist Membership is designed to give you the tools, resources, and skills that you need to effectively deal with all the stress that diabetes throws your way. It's also a great way to be part of a community with others with type 1 diabetes who are looking to improve their emotional health. For more information or to join the membership, go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash membership. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash membership. And use discount code MYTYPE to get your first month for only $10. That's discount code MYTYPE. M-Y-T-Y-P-E to get your first month for only $10. I always love hearing from my listeners. So please feel free to send me a DM on Instagram at the Diabetes Psychologist or email me at mark at the Feel free to ask me questions, give me feedback, and let me know what you want to hear on future episodes of the podcast. And of course, be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the podcast. Remember, Type 1 diabetes is not easy, but you can have an easier time with it. And I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way.